Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Simply Finance. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to remind all of you of a few links in the show notes. Um, as always, if you want to get into investing, but you don't know how or uh, have never done so, uh, there's a link to Robinhood, which is the platform that I use for most of my investing. Uh, they're not a sponsor of the podcast, but I always like to share them because um, I think it's a great place to start. And and then if you don't know what stocks to invest in, uh, you can go to the stock, the COVID stock market rebound tracker, the second link uh, below Robinhood. And um, it's a free resource that I put together for all of my listeners. So give that a look. Uh, in today's episode, um, another episode of my founder series, I have Nicole Frankel, who is the CEO and founder of Yum Actually, which is a a new company launched in 2020, and um, they are selling better for you uh, children's vegetable based ice creams. So, uh, they're I haven't tried them personally yet, but Nicole goes into detail of the concept uh, behind the product, how she came up with the idea. And uh, it was a great episode. Nicole is uh, found a a niche for sure. Uh, she's executing it the right way, starting off in New York City, where she's from. And uh, it's a great story. So um, without further ado, give it up for Nicole Frankel. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am pumped today to have Nicole Frankel on the podcast, the CEO and founder of Yum Actually. Nicole, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Do you want to give the listeners just a little background into you and Yum Actually and just get everyone up to speed? Sure, absolutely. So again, hi, everybody. Nicole Frankel. Um, I am based in New York City. I have three young kids. I have a seven-year-old daughter and three-year-old twin boys. So never a dull moment oh in my life. Really interesting <laughs> time in my life to start a business. But um, I actually started, I was inspired by um, something that happened with my, my seven-year-old daughter. And that's what prompted me to start Yum Actually. Um, um, so as I mentioned, she's, she's seven years old. And um, uh, a couple of years ago, she when she was about four years old, she went through that really that phase where she just refused to pick up a fruit or a vegetable. She, re she absolutely refused. Um, I tried everything and could not get her to eat fruits and vegetables to save my life when she was about four years old. So I, um, I resorted to buying an, a homemade ice cream maker oh, wow. and buying a whole bunch of fruits and veggies and mashing them up and turning them into something I knew she would not be able to refuse. Um, no four-year-old is going to refu refuse ice cream, and certainly, um, certainly, she would not turn down an ice cream. So, I, I thought uh, I, I mashed up this sweet potato. That was the first flavor I made. I um, I put a a larger amount of sweet potato than you will find of just a flavored uh, flavored ice cream, and had this um, orangey sweet potato smelling ice cream that I that I put in front of her. Um, she huh. right away it was something healthy. She knew that it looked unusual. She, she knew that it wasn't her typical vanilla ice cream. So she did protest at first about taking a bite of it. Um, then she, then she took a couple of bites. She looked up and she said, Oh, it's, it's yum actually. And so, oh, that's, funny. so that's where the name comes from. That's where the name comes from. Yep. Directly from her mouth. Um, 
And so I, I thought to myself, um, she and then she ate the whole thing and I got into this routine of making different fruit and veggie flavored ice creams um, throughout the weeks to, to just to get her to up her intake of fruits and veggies. And it, it, it was, you know, I was successful in doing so. Um, I also thought it was important to not add to not turn her into a maniac so not sure. to add too much sugar to it there's a yeah. lot of y'all know in most ice creams and it was important for me to to add as little as possible so um i thought i spoke to a bunch of friends that had the same problem still still have the same problem in some cases um many many different moms and dads go through challenges getting their kids eat fruits and veggies and so i figured you know i'm really solving a problem and filling a gap in the marketplace by creating this better for you ice cream for kids that uses a more significant or more substantial portion of fruits and veggies in it and so I, um, that, that's, that's kind of the story of the, of the origin of yum actually. Oh, that's really cool. So how did you, I guess the first question I had when I was, when you were going through that story is, um, did you, how did you know, I mean, I guess I've never just made ice cream. So how did you know you could just mash up vegetables and make it into an ice cream type consistency? Did you have to like research that online or did you just start playing with it or how did you go through that? Whole bunch of trial and error to begin. Then I also brought, and I, I probably have it somewhere in my room. I'm looking around my room right now. I have a, a, a scientific ice cream book. It's about 300 mm. pages. I, that, that book was like the Bible to me when I, was, when I was developing these formulas. I mean, I knew nothing about ice cream, and ice cream, as a lot of people know, is an, is, is an actual science. There, there are actual ice cream courses you can take in college. Because oh, wow. It's- that you need to have the right amount of solids, of fats, of air, um, uh, viscosity. There, there's so much that goes into creating an, an ice cream. And so when you are, when you are, um, when you're developing a formula that's a little bit out of the box, like Yum Actually is, Correct. you know, we yeah. a, a fruit or a vegetable is the first ingredient, it's the main ingredient in our ice cream, and it is also lower in sugar, which means lower solids. It did take um, it, it it did it did take several months, and that was trial and error in the kitchen. I had my my twin boys were babies at the time, so they would be like strapped onto me, <laughs> and I would just be doing batch after batch after batch until I couldn't stand the sight of mangoes and bananas. Um, and then I also had this this ice cream book um, that next to me at all times. I mean, I slept next to it for probably an entire year. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, did you? Because it sounds like I mean, it sounds like you as soon as you you had your daughter have like that positive reaction to it. Was that when it was like the light bulb go off that like, I should turn this into a bit, like it seems like a big stretch to go from that. Like you fix that problem to then like, Oh, I want to turn this into a business. Yeah. And I mean, I should, I should say I have worked at, um, my career leading up to young actually was never in, never in CPG. Oh, really? Um, However, I have, I do have experience working at various different startups, usually within financial technology. So that's kind of my background have a bit of that startup yeah, yeah, um, yeah. startup background and mindset. And at the time I was not working, I had just had the twins. And so I love working. I, I, I love, I mean, I, I just, I love it. And I love working at smaller companies. I love having, you know, being an entrepreneur. And so, um, yeah. And I love, you know, kind of working with products that have, that, that are solving, solving, um, you know, solving problems. And so I, yeah, the light bulb went off and I just thought this is, there's nothing else like this on the market. There's, there are so many better for you ice creams out there um, that are targeting adults and they have some ingredients that are a little bit, you know, unsavory in my opinion that, that kids can't really consume. And I thought to myself, there is nothing else out there that's kind of a better for you 
frozen dessert for kids that you know moms and dads and caretakers can feel empowered about giving you know giving to their to their kids right okay yeah no that makes sense do you i mean i know you're early on in this journey but i always love asking founders this is just why do you think that hasn't existed before or why like why do you think no large ice cream manufacturer has like wanted to get into that do you, have you found any of those answers yet in your early days of of selling in I, you know, I really have, I mean, ice cream is really tricky to work with. I, yeah. I often find myself saying, why didn't I just come up with the best, the next bre- best granola bar or the <laughs> next best breakfast cereal? Why didn't I come up with some sort of a dry, you know, temperature uh, stable food product? Um, so just, ice cream in itself is a very difficult um, product to bring to market, both from formulation, both in terms of formulating it and then also logistics. It is a logistical nightmare working with an ice cream product. And so that could have to do with it. Um, you know, maybe there was no one else that had this, um, this, this, this instance where they needed to solve a problem for their, for their, for their child. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, and do you, oh, the other question I had was, it seems like you definitely have found like a niche a niche. And I apologize. My cat has never bugged me in all the episodes I've done. I don't know if you can hear her or not, but she's trying not to meow. All. She's meowing, wanting to come in the room. Um, oh, no. If my background isn't distracting you, then the cat's definitely <laughs> It's so funny. I've done so many episodes and she's never once wanted to come in. Um, no, but she's eating about the ice cream. She's like, I was going to say, <laughs> she wants it something different. Apparently she's into this one. It's so funny. Um, but I was going to, I was wondering, you, you've got, you definitely have like a niche uh, as far as like better for you ice cream for kids. Is there a reason you decided to go just directly down that path versus like just general like marketing towards, you know, all ages? Is there, was there a, a decision made at some point for that? It's funny you ask that. I actually, um, one of the first flavors I worked with was, was um, avocado. Yeah. And I was in all sorts of different ice cream flavors from avocado. And when I, when I say all different ice cream flavors, they were, you know, lemon curd avocado ice cream, strawberry balsamic avocado ice cream, all tasted amazing, very much targeting an older demographic too. Okay. Um, and I, it's funny, I, I, I was working on avocado ice cream for, for several months along with these other, other flavors, but I really was working on some more sophisticated flavors that, um, weren't necessarily, um, kid friendly. Okay. And I literally in the middle of the night there, like something was bothering me about this avocado ice cream idea. And I didn't know, I didn't, I, I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it. I literally woke up in the middle of the night, right in, in the middle of all of this formula development and um, knee deep in avocado puree. And I woke up and I said, I am not solving a problem with this product. You need to solve, in my opinion, you need to, if you're going to start a business, if you're going to launch a food product, you have to solve a product, a problem. I was not solving any sort of problem with the avocado ice cream. Um, and so I went back to basics. I went back to my original story, which was, you know, kind of getting my kid to eat more fruits and veggies and solving that problem. And I said, I'm going with back to basics. I'm going back to the original story and I'm just going to, I'm just going to solely focus on this being a, um, a, a, you know, better for you kids product. Plus, um, uh, less less crowd, less competition. There's so many better for you ice creams that cater to the to the um, adult demographic. So God, that, yeah, it makes sense. I said I'm I'm going with this demographic. I have three kids myself. I can you know that that is my story. Yeah, so. no, it totally makes sense. The the other question I was just thinking of. Um, 
I love asking people this, but it's funny because it's like you'll, you're the first person, first founder I've I've heard of that you kind of already said your answer was like, do you remember the very first batch of your product you ever made? Like, do you remember that, what that was like? But I'm assuming that's is that the one you maybe put in front of your daughter? If not, do you, was, do you remember the very first batch you made? That was one of the that was one of the that was one of the first ones. That wasn't the very first one I made. The very first one must must have been unremarkable because I don't remember it. I okay. do remember my first batch I made in a co-packing facility, which was an oh, after. And <laughs> so, I feel like they always I, are though. I feel like that's kind of part of the course. <laughs> Especially with ice cream. I'm sure that's that's just difficult to like get faster. a co-packer to kind of get together, I can only imagine. Yeah, no, we had lost ingredients, missed ingredients. We had broken equipment. We had my ice cream actually break some equipment there. Luckily, no longer no, no longer doing this. Um, we had all everything that could possibly go wrong in a first production run went wrong for me in that first one. Oh wow, that's tough. Do, yeah. do you remember um, when you 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 like sat down with either like friends, family, and like had the discussion where you were like, "I'm going to go forward with this and like actually start a business and, and start taking the steps." Do you remember that? Um. I, you know, I definitely, I spoke with my husband about it. He was fully supportive. Um, I don't think he completely believed that I was going full steam with it at the time because I had, I had just had the twin boys. Right. I certainly remember with him, I remember talking to my parents who were fully supportive, my, my brothers and sisters, I'm one of five kids. So I, I do oh, remember wow. talking very early on about this and they all thought it was a brilliant idea. I was a little bit more guarded when it came to, when it came to talking to, um, friends about it or former colleagues about it. I was pretty guarded for various reasons. Um, I, I heard, had, I'd always heard all sorts of stories about people taking your idea and taking your formula. Oh, yeah. A little bit worried about that in the beginning. Um, and then I also just, you know, I'm a super, a, kind of a superstitious person to, to begin with. So I wanted to kind of stay, keep it kind of close to the chest at the time. Got it. Yeah. Kind of like prove it out first and then let people yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I know you guys have, you, like you said before we started recording, you've only been really on shelf for not even a year yet. Um, yeah. How has that gone? Like, what was your first points of distribution? How has like distribution grown? Obviously with COVID, I'm sure, you know, it's been a, like we talked, we talked a little bit before, but um, you know, I'm sure it's been a little difficult, I'm sure with, or I'd be curious to know actually, because some brands are doing better than others during COVID. So would you mind giving, giving everyone a little bit of background into that? Yeah, not a problem. So I'm I'm based right in New York City, right in Manhattan, and so I am. Um, there there are a lot of stores that I tend to, I tend to shop. I tend to shop and I tend to shop there frequently, and I know the owners and the managers well. So uh, last last fall, um, I actually went to them with this, and I said, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, oh, do wow. you do you think this is a good idea? And most importantly, how do you think it tastes? Feedback was really good, and I actually got I got onto some shelves. Um, you know, last fall I got onto some shelves. Some of them were free fills, or some of them were, were nice intro deals that I put in place. But I was able to get there on the shelf, and I was able to demo at the time. Um, demoing is obviously right. um, it's not happening so much anymore. But I was able to get in front of customers um, and and speak to them about what they liked, what they didn't like what they thought about packaging, what they thought about this and that. And it was, that was, that was very, very valuable. Um, so I did that for a few months before uh, changing packaging, changing co-packers, change, tweaking formulas a little bit based on all this feedback. And um, 
I'm still, I'm happy to say that those stores that I was in last fall, I'm, I'm still in them all. Um, they've, they've continued to reorder. They're not getting free product anymore. Um, <laughs> and I have, I, I went out, you know, when I had a, when I had a market, when I had a product ready to go to market, I went out, you know, March of last year and just knocked on doors. Um, this was right, right before COVID. I was, I was visiting 10 stores a day with samples and, and talking to them about the gap that we were filling in the market and, and just saying to them, do you have any healthy kids ice cream products on your shelf? The answer is always no. You know, you need to, you, you are a local brand and you need to have this ice cream in your store. Um, and buyers, retailers, very, very receptive to the fact that we do have this unique, delicious tasting um, product. And so that was, you know, getting, getting on the shelf is, is never been, it's never been a challenge. Um, staying on the shelf, uh, very successful with that too. Awesome. Obviously that is, you know, maintaining your shelf, the, the, the ideal shelf placement for your product can be challenging um, when you're up against some of the, some of the larger brands like popsicles. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But overall doing really well there and um, still doing self-distribution because we are still only in stores in New York City and we're in 65 stores now in Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn. Um, we, I'm still distributing myself. I find that, you know, I have a, I have a warehouse in Brooklyn that I use to store the product. And I find that the stores that I, that I'm in tend to not be, you know, not, not be very far from that. So still, you still self-distributing, wow. taking the, taking it myself. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, but there's, as I always say, there's a little bit of a method to the madness. I like to be able to go in. I like to be able to put it on the shelf myself, which sometimes they let me, sometimes they don't, but I like to be able to choose the shelf space I want, put it there myself, put my little sticker up, like you can see right there. Um, not, not that one right there, but that. The yeah, the right other one. Oh, I see it. Yeah, I didn't see that at first. Okay. I like to be able to have that control. I think it's really important when you are establishing a new brand to be on the field and be in your backyard as much as possible to, to do these types of things. Learn the industry, learn about the competitors, learn about the different price points, merchandise it yourself, all of that. And so still distributing myself, but it's getting to be a bit much. Um, yeah, and so plan on working with a distributor early next year. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting, especially if you're, you know, someone like you in New York city, it seems like New York City's just still such the best place on earth to like do that sort of thing. Like even yeah. in Chicago, I, there's like definitely some, there's definitely some, I would, I would think there's some grocers that you could work with in doing that, but they're still yeah. a little more spread out. And then most are like the big banner type stores. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you, yeah. are you in a lot of like, what types of stores are you in right now? Are you in a lot more of like the bigger and bigger, um, started yeah. off with, with single store mom and pop stores. Um, and now we are in several different chains. They are okay. local chains. So I'm, I'm not talking about a whole foods or a sprouts quite yet. Um, but local chains like Westside market, Lincoln market. Um, so now we're, we, I've, I've started with the, the very, very small stores and worked my way up to the larger retailers, um, in New York city. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. New York's such a great spot for that. I know. when. I mean, I think that the, the you know, the da there is, there is a little bit of a downside. Um, there are clearly people doing the same thing. And so what that means is that there are 50 brands on the shelf. Um, Whereas if you go to some of the stores in Chicago or outside of Chicago, my guess is there's half of that on the shelf. So there, there's a lot of competition. It's a lot harder to stay on the shelf in New York City. I bet, um, yeah. So 
So there is that too, but overall, I think it's, I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it's cool that you're still going there, putting it on yourself. Uh, is it just you? Are you a one person team right now? Or do you have any other people on your team? In the process of hiring a full-time sales executive. So um, that person will be joining early next year. Um, I have brand ambassadors that I work with to help me with sample drop-offs, to help me with demos a little bit here and there. Um, and then I have a, a, you know, some consultants that I've worked with that I, that I outsource that have helped me with logistics, formula development, um, graphic designer that I've worked with, same, same person. So I, I do a lot of outsourcing. I think yeah, a lot of okay. startups do, but we'll finally be taking on that, that full-time salesperson next year. Awesome. That's exciting. It's a big step. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. The stores are ready for us, but we need to be ready for them. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, is this year, I mean, obviously like you were saying at the beginning, I mean, this year has been all about just getting the brand on shelf, staying on shelf during COVID. Um, have you guys, and I, I don't know how this works with it frozen and ice cream specifically, but, um, do you have an e-commerce presence or has that been something you guys have, have been thinking about just with COVID? And honestly, how does that work? Cause like an Amazon or like an, your own website, I'd be curious how, how you ship ice cream. It's tough. It's not easy, which is why we don't have e-commerce yet, but we will in about two weeks. It's oh, uh, wow. that's a very timely question because we're in the process okay. of getting it set up right now. We are going to be beginning by just doing it through our website. And, um, I, it, it's taken so long for, for us to do this because I, I feel like, you need to have to get people to go and order ice cream. They really have to know and love your brand. And when you're just starting a business, it nobody knows who you are. So nobody's going to be going to yum actually and spending a hundred dollars to get ice cream shipped to them across the company, uh, across the country. Right. Without us having a, a strong brand presence yet. Um, I think that there are certain, um, there are certain companies that do really well, like Jenny's ice cream, Grater's ice cream, there are a lot of different ice cream businesses that, that have been around a while that have really established a strong um, following and strong brand recognition. They can command $100, but when you're starting out, you're less likely to have people go online and pay the uh, extremely high shipping costs of getting ice cream sent to them unless they really know who you are. So it was never a priority. Um, and retail is going to continue to be our priority, but e-commerce, we are getting, we are getting a lot of requests finally for our ice yeah. cream to ship to people. So we are going to be getting that set up through our website. Um, in terms of a third party, like an Amazon, you've got to be, you've got to be a bit bigger to, to get into most third party platforms. So we're going to be it. starting for our website. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Amazon's trying to move to the getting a lot of the brands that are in Whole Foods through Amazon mm -hmm. Fresh, especially for like frozen or fresh Correct. foods. So that would probably be, I'm sure what they're trying to leverage. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, that's exciting. I mean, it sounds like you guys have had a, a great year. I know obviously you were saying like once COVID goes away, who knows, it could be like the floodgates open up and you could have even more than you're, you're ready for. Are you are you guys at a stage with your co-man now where you could handle getting like a, a banner national type account or would you need, oh, yes. I think, it, I think it's interesting to always hear someone early on, like a year, a year eight, like a stage in the, in the game of just like, how does that work for like scaling production mm -hmm. on the back end as you like gain more distribution? How do you like balance that? 
Yeah, we are absolutely ready from a, um, from a production manufacturing point of view. We do have to get better logistics. I can't be delivering to <laughs> stores nationally. So once we have logistics nailed down, we're absolutely ready. Um, you know, like I said, production is no, no problem at all. Um, I, I've, I've said this a couple of times though. I, I do think it is really important to establish some brand recognition before really going big. So sense. I've spent a lot of time this year marketing and I've spent a lot of time doing everything I can to create brand recognition. I think that's uh, very important to do, but we are, we are ready once we get the distributor in place. Um, we would be ready, but um, again, mission yeah. first, in my opinion. No, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Um, what, is, what is your guys' thoughts on 2021? What, like, it sounds like you're trying to get brand recognition. You're trying to grow doors and keep doors. I, I thought that's actually a really important point that I don't think we've talked about on here very much. Um, what is like the game plan for 2021 and what you guys are trying to accomplish? Yeah. So hiring a, a salesperson so that can take some of the burden off of me and I can focus on scaling the business in other ways. Um, we're going to have e-commerce set up in the next couple of weeks. So through our website, people will be able to finally get our ice cream and then working with a local distributor and then also a larger full service distributor. So gotcha. a lot, certainly a lot planned for this year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> it to that next step um no more carrying ice cream cases on my head into stores uh, we're gonna be moving away from that a little bit finally <laughs> i'm sure that that's an you gotta take pictures of that i always i, I always pictures. yep i've got pictures that's good <laughs> I, I was always impressed uh I, one of the first days back I, I joined rx in 2017 but one of the first meetings as a, a new employee was with peter and uh peter would come in the guy the guy who started rx bar and he had he had like a really cool powerpoint of just like timeline of the brand and it was like back when him and jared were like Uh in his parents kitchen making the first couple rx bars to you know first co-man first it was just really cool it's cool to like i'm sure if you capture that while things are moving so fast uh yeah you you can look back on and see all the different things you went it really is been adamant to do as much as possible myself to learn the business and learn my, about my company in and out. Like I, I have done everything. I've started by doing everything myself, even legal. Oh, I, yeah, I don't wow. have any background, accounting, zero accounting background, but I have started by doing everything myself just to learn as much as possible. And I think it's, um, you know, I, I think it's so, so important for yeah. a founder to really get involved in, in, in as much areas as possible in the beginning. No, that makes sense. Uh, you know, obviously this whole podcast is, is more towards finance. How, one question I had, and I've talked to a few founders about this is like, how quickly did you go from, I mean, I'm sure at first it's like, you got to develop a product, you got to figure out how to like scale it, package it, you know, get it onto a shelf. How mm-hmm. quickly did you, do you start looking at like your margins and profitability in pricing. I'm always curious, like how early in the process, like you started thinking about those things or is it right away? Right away. Like, like I had my spreadsheet for formula development to my right. And then I had my spreadsheet for my margins and my cost to my left. That was one of the things I did from day one. And I'm so glad I did it. I'm not really a finance person myself. And this is one of the best decisions I've made for my business was, was figuring out the margins right away and okay, not have yeah. a huge surprise down the road because everything starts to add up. There's so many more costs than you ever consider in the beginning. Right. And 
um, I think it's really important to lay down all the costs in the very beginning and build that into your pricing, build right. that into your margins and leave yourself as hefty as a margin of pos- as, as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you decide? Because you're, I mean, you're, you're focused on New York right now. How did you decide at like where you wanted to be priced on shelf? Did, was there a lot of effort and in, in, was it more science or more art to figure out where you wanted to be? Both, both. My, the, science, the, the scientific part would be my cost model that I built out with all the okay. margins. Um, and then the other one would be going around and looking at looking at different competitors. Um, I consider it, this is a healthier product. It is a more premium ice cream product. So I was looking at um, doing some competitive, getting you know competitive intel and seeing what other similar type brands, premium brands, are charging. Yeah. So it was a little bit of of both an art and a science. Got it. Nope. Totally makes sense. Love that. Um, have you, as a business, uh, you know, this is, this is, I think an important one to talk about is, uh, is like bootstrapping versus raising money for, especially in the food CPG world. Cause I think there's a lot of different ways to do it. And from all the founders I've talked to it, that doesn't ever seem like there's a right or wrong way. There's just different ways. What are your thoughts on that? As far as like starting Yum actually, and then have you bootstrapped it? Have you tried to go raise money early on, or do you have thoughts or plans for any of that? Yeah, so we are, we've been fully bootstrapped from the beginning, you know, relying some on obviously personal funds, um, per, you know, personal loans, um, yeah. and then also sales. And um, we will be bootstrapped probably until the end of next year. Um, I think that when we, when we get into a full service distributor that can take us outside of our, our backyard, yeah. so to that's when it's time to, 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 to raise money from outside okay. source and, um, and get some larger distribution and, and ramp up the marketing efforts. Gotcha. Love it. I'm still in my own, you know, social media page, for example, um, would love to, would love to kind of take that, take that a step up later, okay. later there, but yeah, you know, yeah. Job for now. And how, and how do you think about raising money versus building a team or do those go hand in hand sometimes? Um, that's a, that's a question I've gotten a few times is like, how are founders thinking about, you know, the future years of, you know, when do I go raise money versus when do I need to add a head count to help that way? Have you thought about that? I know it's early on, but just, just yeah, curious. Gonna, like I said, we're going to be, we are going to be adding our first full-time employee right. uh, next year. So we were, we're doing that before raising money. Um, my, my, my guess, and this could obviously change, you have to be very nimble and be willing to know that things change frequently. But, um, I, I, I think that, you know, as we build out a team beyond that, that's going to be coming after we raise money as we build on a full-time, full-time team. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you guys ever, I know obviously you're like, you're focused on your niche right now and focus on kids better for you, premium ice cream products. Do you have an envision of Yum actually getting into any other categories or other niches, um, or do you have other ideas for this kids category? I was curious on what you're like, what's your like one, three, five year thoughts? You know, being a CEO right now, um, what, where, where do you, where's your head sit? Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, you know the, the the marketing to kids, the kids market. Um, our our name is Yum Actually. I specifically have left it at Yum Actually and not Yum Actually Ice Cream or. Yum actually, something that has to do with ice cream. I've left it at Yum Actually in our tagline, the yummiest way to eat fruits and veggies. Oh. That across multiple categories. And that's why I've, I've specifically done that for a reason. Um, I would say we would go, uh, I, had, I, I certainly have some ideas for other 
kind of other other segments of the market to get into within kids products and within this eating fruits and veggies more fruits and veggies turning other food turning fruits and veggies into other um indulgent food for kids i, yeah. I see a remaining um remaining in that kind of in that category but trying to get through the ice cream part of that first definitely <laughs> We did the most difficult category first. <laughs> yeah, you know, when they say eat the frog, sure. as far as like getting things done, right? There you go. Yeah. No, yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's really interesting. You know, me and my wife don't have kids yet, but I've, I've I remember being a kid and not wanting to eat veggies, and it's mm-hmm. so interesting to think like, you know, there could be alternatives like like yum actually, um, as far as like getting those fruits and veggies that the kids don't want to eat. Um, yeah. It's a great idea. So I mean, awesome awesome work there. Oh really it's worth pointing out we don't really there's a lot of um hidden veggie type of products out there we don't really we don't hide the fruits or veggies the fruit or veggie is front and center in our ice cream it is the main ingredient and um if anything it's going to turn your kid on to the fruit or the veggie my kids started sweet potatoes and mangoes after eating my ice cream it was a little bit of like oh sweet potatoes are are delicious they're not evil Um, oh cool that's cool fresh sweet potatoes and fresh mangoes so um yeah, thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. I didn't. I mean, I hadn't thought about it like that. That's that's true. Yeah. Like instead of hiding it, and mask it, and trying to like have it taste like something else, no, you're almost we just enhancing it. To hide it. <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. That's awesome. Um, what is your like? What is your if you know you look at the next couple of years? Is there like a certain retailer or point of distribution that would be like your your north star, your like biggest focus at this point? There's a few of them. I never, I've, I've never been one of those people that has been just targeting a certain retailer since day one. I just feel like there's, you're going to, you're going to be disappointed if you're just focused on one or two retailers. Sure. You're going to like, you're just going to learn that they're not as perfect. It's not as perfect of an arrangement or a partnership as you think it, as you think it would be in the beginning. So I, I just, wherever our, you know, where our product is a good fit basically. And it's interesting to learn more and more about these retailers, the more that time goes, more that time goes on. Um, I, there, I mean, there were some retailers in the beginning, very early on that I really wanted to be in. And a couple of them I got into, and it was just not a good fit for various reasons. So I think that rather than, um, just focusing on one or two retail accounts that we want to be into, um, you know, I, I kind of, when the time comes, see if it's a good, qualify them, see if it's a good fit for us, make sure that I know that we'll do well there. Right. And then from there. No, that makes sense. That, that totally makes sense. Um, this is distributors, distributors I'd like to work with. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. That makes, oh, that's a good I, point. Distributors I know would be a good fit for us and I'm, I'm targeting, but in terms of the retailers and yeah. less worried at this point, Yeah. yeah. that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, one thing I haven't, I, you know, being at RX, we've launched, a, we have like kids bars we've launched, we've launched like two yeah. different versions of them. Um, and I'm always curious just, you know, as far as, you know, what you've learned um, along the way, this is a question that I don't know if we, we've even really figured out yet, but it's like, obviously your product is honed in um, for kids to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And now with COVID, with a lot of kids being on the computer and maybe even on like phones, tablets more than they were before, do you, when you think about marketing, is marketing for like a kid's type product still more focused on the parents and trying to tell the parents like this is a better option for you? Or is it also to kids and hoping that the kids tell the parents? I've always been, I'm a finance person, so I'm not as close to like the marketing side, but I'm always curious how brands think about that. 
or um, focus mostly on the parent, marketing to the parent, because if you were to put, um, if you were to put our ice cream in front of a kid versus a big chocolate bar with a bunch of sprinkles everywhere that had superheroes on it, they would probably choose just, just, just to be honest, they would probably choose that over this, you know, bright orange mango ice cream. Yes, true. Okay. So our, now with that said, once they try it, they love it. Um, it's a kind of a win-win for both. The parents want them to eat it and then the kids love it after they try it. But I think it's important to, it needs to resonate with the parents. The kids don't care about their, the, the kids don't look at the sugar content. The parents do because the kids are going to be the ones waking the parents up in the middle of the night when they've had too much sugar. Yeah. Um, okay. I think with mom product, it really depends. There are some products on the market where, um, you know, the popsicles, the frozen popsicles or superhero popsicles, those are like, they want the kids to be grabbing those off the shelf. You have to kind of know who you're marketing to, but um, we, 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 we understand that this is a healthier product. We have, um, you know, less sugar. We have, it's a, it's a good source of fruits and vitamin, you know, vitamins and nutrients. Kids don't really care about that. So we specifically market mostly to the parent because of that. Now there are some, there are some ideas um, that we have in our pipeline to make it so that the kid will grab it off the shelf because they see something on it or something that's promised inside the box. Not oh they yeah, right. But so, so that is important, but we know where, we know which lane we kind of need to be into in, in terms of marketing it because it is a healthier product. Right. Okay. Got it. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think it's so interesting because it's, just, you know, depending on if you're pitching it to an adult or a child, um, just the marketing could be totally different. Yeah. No, no, the kids do have to like it. Parents will not buy again. If their kid's not eating it and it's sitting in their freezer, um, then, then, that's not going anywhere. So we do, we know that we do have to make it something that um, they enjoy eating. And then also you, you do need to do a little something extra to get those kids to keep asking for it. Right. Sometimes you put a little something in there. You need to have you know, some sort of a mascot or, or something on your packaging that really stands out. And we're aware of that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. That's interesting. Um, yeah. What do you, so as a as a CEO as a founder, um, I like to ask every founder that comes on this question. Uh, I know obviously starting a business, trying to scale a business, there's got to be a million different things. On top of being a mom, a wife, there's a million different things moving around. How do you keep track of everything? How do you you know like plan your goals? Is it pen and paper? Is it an app? Yeah. Is it something in between? I always love to ask like, how how do you manage your life on a you know goal basis, daily task basis type of thing. I'm such a list person. I'm still, I still do, I still do a bit of that paper. This, I don't know why this isn't showing up on here, but I still do that. I love the pen and paper. Um, However, I keep everything stored in my computer too. Once you have a business, Um, you kind of got to take it up to the next level beyond that. So I am, it's interesting you say that I am a big fan of lists and goals and I have my three month goals, my six month goals and my yearly goals. And I really hold myself to those. I also oh, cool. do daily before I go to bed. Um, I, I make a list of my goals for the next day. So oh. I have found that it is something that is so simple, so yeah. elementary. And I have found that has kept me going every single day. And that has, that has gotten me to stick to, it's gotten, it's, it's created my, I mean, it's, it's increased my sales, right? Because I, I hold myself to these goals. If I tell myself I'm going to open up three new accounts, but if I'm only on two accounts on Friday, I am getting that third account because I, I, I put that on my weekly or monthly list. So I'm a list, I'm a list and I'm very goal oriented. That makes sense. And so the night before is when you plan the following day. 
Yeah, yeah. And then I also, like I said, I, then I also do the quarterly ones and semi-annual and annual ones too. Wow, that's really cool. They want. I was, yeah, I was never that organized of a person before, before starting a business, but I find that you absolutely have to, if you're not an organized person, you have to change your ways. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Business and so. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I've learned that like, I used to not be a goal person at all. And then I realized that I was always waking up and you're handling all the things that are coming to you as emergencies. You're, you're ha handling yeah. everyone else's goals, right? They're yeah, coming, exactly. They need you to get those things done versus exactly you have to hold yourself accountable yeah. and it's a new feeling when you start a business it's a it's a it's a well, new sure. feeling um but i i take i take myself seriously so <laughs> there we go but pen and paper that's i still think that's honestly i think most people that i've, I've asked that question to that's still the go-to over that's i'm not you know, the only yeah over apps anything <laughs> else technology wise pen and paper seems to be the best yeah. um what would be, if you had to gift or share, um, you know, a favorite book? I also say if you don't have a book, if you're not a reader, like a podcast, a video, something that's like a, no a source of knowledge, what would you suggest people who's, who are listening right now? Oh, boy. Uh, check out? I, have them. Um, I almost have to, I'm tempted to pick up my phone and go through my Kindle because I have so many books Um I have so many books on there. So, you know, in terms of podcasts, um, how I built this is an obvious one. Um, um, uh, food, food business re retail ready with Ali ball is another pod podcast. I like, um, food marketing is another podcast I listen to. Um, I took, I've taken, I took a boot camp called Hudson, um, Hudson food business Boot Camp in okay. New Jersey. Jersey City, very helpful. Um, Specialty Food Association. I, I'm a member. That was something I joined from from day one. I became a member, and I've taken advantage of all the educational courses that they offer. I also took a boot camp there before I went to market. It was at the uh, Specialty Food Show. They offer a boot camp for basically anybody can join that, oh, cool. and um, I mean you have to pay a fee for it. That was really helpful. And then there are a number of books that, that I've read too. And if you want me to, if you want me to pull them up on my phone, I'm happy to do that. But I, oh, that's great. I, that's great. Biggest, it, does any one book stand out to you as one that you've, you've just like, you know, it's funny. There's a book called it never, it never, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know how much of the book is actually sold. Um, it's called inspired. And I don't remember that the author's first name is Vic and I don't remember his last name. Okay. And about his journey starting a, um, a, a launching a food business. Um, he, it was a, a drink. It was a star fruit drink that he launched. I, I started reading that just when I was in the idea phase before I had a name, before I had a trademark, before I had a logo, before I had flavors nailed down. I started reading that and I found that that book really kept me going in the very, very early days. Um, okay. So I, that one stands out the most. Um, and again, it's, it's called inspired and then the author's name is Vic. And, oh, um, cool. Okay. Not we can add it to the show notes. Widely available. I know it's on Amazon. I know it's, it's, I have it on my Kindle, but, um, that one really stands out because it was like the first book I read that was educating me on the process. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. That's great. I'll add that to the show notes. I always love asking that. Yeah. Um, and I think more I can send you as a follow-up after this. I'm kind of blanking on some of them though. Okay. But. Yeah, no, that's great. That's fine. That sounds good. Um, what is, um, like, I know, I know you're kind of like at the scaling stage right now 
if anyone listening to this is, you know, thinking about starting a food business or wants to become, you know, get into this general space of, of food and, and CPG, do you have any like one major piece of advice that you've learned so far that you'd love to share with the listeners? I'm going to give, I'm going to give two, if that's okay. So one, to solve a problem slash fill a gap on the market. As I said, think of my avocado ice cream idea, ideal um, problem I was having. It was, I, I was making batch after batch. It tasted delicious. Ultimately, I decided not to go with that because I wasn't filling a gap or solving a problem. I was just going to be another better for you ice cream on the market. I wasn't solving with you. I'm actually solving two problems. I'm getting kids to eat fruits, more fruits and veggies. And then I'm also creating this healthier dessert for kids in a very crowded, better for you frozen dessert category for adults. So mine was, mine's really the only the only one marketing, you know, marketed to kids. And so that would be the first one. Make sure that, you know, it's going to be your barrier to entry is going to be so much lower when you can say, we're doing this. No one else is doing it. We're solving this problem. Um, So don't be another me too product, you know, fill a gap in the market, solve a problem. Um, And then the second one would be put your product out there, just launch, just launch it. And, and, you know, obviously you do want to have, you do need to have certain things. You have to have it run in a lab. You have to get the nutritionals worked out. You have to have your packaging compliant before you go to market. So there are, there are some things that you have to do before you actually go to market. But my advice is to get it out there and get in front of customers and start soliciting their feedback as soon as possible. And then that's how your product will, um, that's how you will develop and make a successful product. It's not going to happen by, sitting at home for five years, trying to get everything to be perfect before you launch. I think that it is important to launch with what I did last year, which was a prototype. Now, again, it was a little bit easier to be out in front of customers and buyers last fall than it is now because of COVID. But I thought, I think that it's really important to, to, to put something out on the market before it's perfect. Don't wait for it to be perfect or, or you'll never, it will, you'll never go to market because your product will never be perfect. Right. Yeah. That totally makes sense. hundred percent. Right. I think people, too many people yeah. do that and they spin their wheels and they never get the feedback. Correct. I would still be doing that now. I mean, I, so I'm, I'm glad that I just finally went with it and, and went with a product that was, um, I don't want to call it half baked, but it was. Um, it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't quite ready, but, but now yeah. it is. Yeah. But then you get more feedback and then you can tweak it the right yeah. ways. Right. To your point. Correct. Like what are customers actually going to buy it? What do they like about it? What don't they like about it? I've been able to tweak my tweak things, um, based on their feedback. Got it. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Um, what, uh, I guess, what are the best ways for people to, um, follow yum actually get involved with them at yum actually. And then obviously, like you mentioned, you guys will be launching a website so I can link that in the show notes, but is there any other ways for now that people can get involved with the brand? I am. I would say most of that, uh, most of my um, kind of marketing and keeping people up to speed about where we are, what stores we're in um, and our benefits and our advantages is through Instagram. So I would say Instagram following us on Instagram. It's just at yum actually is, is probably the best way. Also our website, because we are a new brand, it is super informative, you know, as we grow, there's going to be less of the FAQ. Um, Now it's www.yumactually.com. You you find out our difference, our advantage, our story, our flavors, the nutrition, all of that information is on the website. So fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. This was a blast. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Having me. This was, this was a lot of fun and I hope my background wasn't too distracting. No, I think it was great. I think it's awesome. It's been distracting me. (laughs) By the way, 
way, this was after right after a delivery. So it, it this product wasn't sitting there full for for a month. This was this was picture was taken immediately after a delivery. <laughs> it looks good though. I always I'm always you know I always think it's really important as a brand to like figure out a way to like stand out like that. I mean, you can already tell like between the two other doors, you know, yours definitely is yeah. makes you stop and stare it, and it read it. Waffles. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it's awesome. Actually, it was really well on waffles, by the way. Just really okay. There yeah. you go. Good to know. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think for people who, you know, live in New York, obviously you can check this out. Um, if you're outside of New York, uh, well, your website's launching soon. So this will probably yeah, be up in a few days and then people can check it out after that. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, Nicole, have a great day and thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Well, any other follow-up information you want after this, just send me an email. I'll get awesome. you whatever you Okay. Okay. Well, sounds thank great. You. Awesome. Thanks, Nicole. Have a good one.